You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. November's kind of known as the, um, the segue month into the holiday season, right? It's that month that ushers in Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so we get ready for the holiday season, which Christmas actually is my favorite time of the year. But the good thing about the holiday season is we get to spend a lot of time with our family, our extended family, some people maybe you only see during the holidays. Well, you know what? That means that some of those relationships that you have are going to be a little tested, a little tested around the holidays. So we got with God and we felt like he was telling us this is the perfect time to have a series on relationship roadblocks. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. And we're going to give you some tools that we pray will help you navigate those relationships well. Not just your family relationships. That's not just what we're talking about. Our prayer is that the next few weeks, you're going to learn how to navigate all your relationships well. But before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this day. Just thank you for your presence. You've called us to worship, Lord, and we've answered the call. You are here in our midst, God, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will do a work in us, starting with me, Lord. I surrender my mind, my will, my vocal cords, the breath in my lungs that you gave me, Lord. I surrender it to you, and I ask you to speak through me. Push me out of the way. Have your way, Lord. Let your word Come out and change us all from the inside out. Let us be touched by you today, Father. We honor you, we love you, and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. Amen. So if you brought your Bibles with you, I hope you did. Nothing like a paper Bible, right? If you brought your Bibles with you, turn in your Bibles to the book of James. And we're going to read our base camp scripture for the next three weeks. The book of James, it's the New Testament. So while you're looking for the scripture in the book of James, let me just give you a little intel on James. James was a half-brother of Jesus Christ, which basically meant he knew Jesus really well. He grew up with him, right? But James's writings are significant because they are considered to be some of the most profound theological writings in the New Testament. This is from James, not Paul. So Also, the other thing that's significant about James's writings is they're very practical. They're really real. They're very real world, real talk, practical, no-nonsense teachings. So let's read what he has to say in James chapter 1. We're going to read from 19 to 21, and this is going to be our base camp scripture for this series, okay? It's on the screen, but it's a little hard to read. So let's go, James chapter 1, verses 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. This is practical, right? Easy to understand. There's no mystery here, right? But this is a deep theological truth on how we are to relate to each other. Deep. It's a deep. I hear people all the time. I just want you to go deeper. This is deep, y'all. This is very practical, very simple, no mystery, but it's a deep theological truth on how to do relationships well. James is telling us right here. This is what he's saying. Talk less, 
Listen more. Simple. We are to seek to understand, not to be heard. I'm going to say that again. We are to seek to understand, not to be heard, or not to be right all the time. Think about that. When you're talking with someone about something, you're having this conversation, you know, what's your goal? What's your goal in that conversation? Maybe it's a little disagreement, you know, or or like we have sometimes intense fellowship. Your pastors have intense fellowship, y'all. We don't call it fighting because we're not fighting. Fighting to me, being from Houston, fighting is when you throw down. No, we have intense fellowship, okay? So when you're having a conversation that might get a little intense, what is your goal? Ask yourself that. Are you listening to them or are you trying to make your point heard? You know, I think a lot of arguments could really be avoided if we would just listen to each other, like really listen. You know, sometimes you think you're listening, but you're not listening. You're really sitting there trying to think of what you're going to say next, right? We need to listen, listen to what they're saying. But also James was saying not to be so quick to get mad. You know, I know that's a lot. It's probably easier said than done for some of us. I'm just saying. Especially, now get this, especially when they say something or they do something that triggers something in you that you still need to be healed from. It's like you let them say something wild and here we go. But this is what James says. He says that human anger does not produce godly righteousness. In other words, when we get angry based on our perspective and for our own reasons, James is saying that's not going to lead anywhere good. And he's also telling us, he's basically telling us how to handle things a little better. But I want you to notice this. James says that we also need to get rid of all moral filth and evil in our lives. That's a practical how-to, right? He gives us a practical how-to, and he says this. This is the how-to. This is how we get rid of that in our lives. We humbly, humbly receive God's word, implanted word, because that word is what's going to save us from sin, the moral filth and evil that so easily entangles us. Let me say that again. James is saying the way we get rid of our own moral filth and evil is we let that word of God get implanted into us. We humbly receive it. We don't get offended at the word. We humbly receive it. We let it get down into our spirit because that's what's going to save us. We can't save ourselves. We can't change ourselves, y'all. Did you know that? Sometimes you get on this hamster wheel, you're trying to change the way you react, change the way you think. You can't change yourself. It takes Jesus to change us. That's a fact. James is basically saying, don't just listen to the word of God, but do what it says. Because that's what's going to save us. It'll save us from getting quick to get angry and pop off. And it'll save us from popping off instead of listening. How many of you guys know that good communication, the main part of good communication is being able to listen well? Did you know that? All these speakers out there, these TED Talk people, they say that. Good communication is listening. It's true. The Bible says it. See, good communication is a dialogue, not a monologue. Dia is two. Mono is one. 
It is a dialogue. It's a back and forth. And unless you're listening to a lecture, it takes two people for good communication, talking and listening. You know, every single word that Jesus spoke was intentional. Jesus wasn't real mouthy from what I can read in scripture. He had some things to say, but he didn't just get mouthy. He was intentional with every word that he spoke. And you know what? He asked more questions than he answered. In fact, he was asked many questions during his ministry on earth, and he only directly responded to a few of them. However, Jesus himself asked a lot of questions. He asked questions to other people with the intention of listening to their response. He was just basically modeling for us what we're supposed to do, right? Everything he did was an example for how we're supposed to live our lives. So listen more than you speak. That's the key to good communication. And good communication is the foundation of all good relationships. God created us for relationships. Y'all know that, right? He created us for a relationship with him first and then with each other. That's why we're here. You want to know your purpose? That's it. Relationship with God, relationship with each other. There's a whole lot more to it, but that's it in a nutshell. And the thing is, God's desire for us and for our relationships is that they show his love to others. But one of the biggest barriers to good relationships, or a couple of them, are anger and offense. They say something or they do something, and now you're mad. You're offended. And you don't want to have anything to do with them anymore. So how do we, how do we handle that? What do we do with that? Well, in our next series, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about relationship roadblocks. But today, I want to give you two ways to move past anger and offense. Number one, lower your expectations of others. Practical, simple. Number two, be thankful for God's grace in your life. You know, one of Pastor Bob's favorite famous sayings, and I know my girls can testify, they've heard this a bazillion times, is unrealistic expectations. I remember the first time I heard him say that, I was like, oh, that sounds real good. Look at you being all smart. (laughs) He said it because we were talking about a client of ours. This is back in Houston. And it seemed like no matter what we did, we just just couldn't make her happy. And he said, babe, she has unrealistic expectations. And, you know, as people, usually we become angry or offended because we expected somebody to live up to our expectations, and they didn't. And you know what? I think this is especially challenging for believers, for followers of Jesus. Think about it. You want to know why? It's because we know what the Bible says about loving and forgiving and sharing and treating others, preferring others before yourself. We know that, right? So we think everybody else should do it too. But see, this is where we miss it, y'all. This is where we miss it as followers of Christ. When we expect unbelievers to do what Jesus tells believers to do. They can't. They can't do it. And you want to know why? Let me tell you why. Well, let's put it this way. They can't do it for any length of time, right? You can act right for a little while, right? When you got to act right, you can act right for a little while. But a sustained life change only happens through Jesus Christ. That's a fact. And they can't do it because they have not been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember I said we can't change ourselves, only Jesus can. It's that blood of Jesus that changes everything. Yes. 
And unbelievers, they haven't been washed in the blood, so they can't. They can't live up to expectations that we have for them if they're based on what the scripture says, right? John 3, 3 says, unless we are born again in Jesus Christ, we cannot know God. Well, how do you and I know God? The Bible, right? Right? That's how we know God. What scripture says about him? When 1 Corinthians 2.14, I want y'all to pay attention to this, this is important. 1 Corinthians 2.14, it clearly tells us that unbelievers do not understand the Bible, much less believe it. It says, but the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd, illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And the unnatural man is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. Unbelievers can't do that. So if you're a Christian and you're expecting the world to live like a Christian's supposed to live, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They can't. When we give our lives to Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't happen before. It's when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the great exchange. Give him your sin. He fills you with the Spirit. He forgives you, and he fills you with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Spirit of God that lives inside every believer that allows us or helps us live according to the Holy Spirit. And not just how we feel all the time, right? So unbelievers don't have the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. So they can't. They cannot do something or be something that we're expecting to do because they're incapable. We got to lower our expectations of people, y'all. And whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, sometimes you just got to lower your expectations of people. And we have to remember, this is something really important. We all need to remember, and whether you believe in the word of God or you don't, The fact of the matter is, mankind is fallen. If you don't believe me, look around. Watch the news. Mankind is fallen. This is what 2 Timothy 3 says. It says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, Unappeasable, in other words, you're never going to satisfy them. Slanderous, without self control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does that describe some people you know? Some of those describe me. We're fallen. The point is, we cannot be shocked by what some people say or do because we all fall short. All of us. There is not one single person. Take a minute. Look at the palm of your hand. Look, look at the palm of your hand. Everybody do it. Come on. Look at the palm of your hand. Are there nail prints there? Nope. Am I wrong? Every one of us is fallen. We are in need of a savior. So we got to lower our expectations a little, and this will help us see people different. This will help us love people a little bit more. Why? Because if you don't expect something of somebody, you're not going to be disappointed, right? Sounds simple, but ask yourself this. 
is that person capable of doing what you expect them to do or be or say? Y'all, we have to get to the point where we just accept people where they are. Jesus does, right? Look at Peter. Let's look at Peter, okay? This is Peter after he became a follower of Jesus. Peter walked with Jesus. I mean, right there, like, hey, good morning, Jesus. Right there. Peter walked with Jesus. And after that, look at Peter. Look what he did. He lied. He cussed people out. Mm -hmm. And then when things got hot, he ran away. He abandoned Jesus. And what did Jesus do as a response to that? What did Jesus do? He loved him. He forgave him. And you know what else he did? He said, on this lion cussing rock, I'm going to build my church. That's what he did. If you want to avoid those relationship roadblocks of anger and offense, just, just lower your expectations of people. The other way is to be thankful for God's grace in your own life. Think about that. Okay, let me ask you another question. Raise your hand. If you have never sinned, if you're in this room and you have never committed sin in your life, I'm going to need you to raise your hand right now because I'm going to go throw myself at your feet. There's no hands raised in here, y'all. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Psalm 51.5 says, but I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But despite, despite that, despite our fallen nature, God shows us grace every single day, moment by moment. So if you're sitting here right now, that's because of God's grace and mercy. He woke you up today. He woke you up. He got you here. In fact, every single good thing in your life is because of God's grace. He gave it to you. That's grace. When we see that, we can live our lives a little differently. Not so much for ourselves, but to serve others. You know, today, you guys are being served. Every one of us is being served in such a great way. First of all, the worship team has been practicing all week. That's serving, practicing, preparing, coming up here, waking up early to get here, to serve, to usher in an atmosphere of praise and worship for God Almighty for you. You know, we've got people in the nursery and the tots taking care of the little ones. So we'll be screaming and hollering and running around if they could. That's serving. Not to mention what's going to happen after service. I can't wait for that. (laughs) You know, I have a daughter, my second daughter. Her name is Grace. And I intentionally named her Grace. And I would love to stand up here and tell you I'm this real holy person. And I did it because, oh, I'm going to name her after God's Grace. That'd be a lie. That'd be such a lie. Grace is actually a family name. She's named after my Nana. But the point is, despite me being ignorant not knowing that, look at the power of God. Every single day of that woman's life, grace has been spoken over her. I've been speaking God's unearned favor over her from the minute she got here, before she got here. I think she's like 31 or 32. I can't remember, but that's a long time to have every single day somebody speaking grace, God's favor over you. Hello, God's favor. I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. I didn't know that was a point. It was a thing in the beginning. But I'm telling you, for her entire life, because grace has been spoken over her, she's had a lot of grace. She's had doors and windows of opportunity blown open for her. And her sisters and I are like, how'd that happen? What's she do? Who does she know? And God has saved her from being 
from car accidents, from all kinds of stuff because his word, God's grace was spoken over her. Friends, you cannot live without the grace of God. That's a fact. It's his grace that gave you life. He gave you the breath in your lungs because of his grace. Y'all didn't just show up one day on this planet. I don't care what you believe. That's God's grace. He had a plan and a purpose. He knew exactly who were going to be your parents, no matter who they are. He knew. It was planned before the foundations of this earth were ever laid. You were planned through his grace, by his grace. He knew exactly where you were going to be born, who your parents were going to be, and he has a plan and purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says he has things set out for us to do, good things, good things, and that's grace. That's God's grace, and he didn't have to do that. But he chose to because he loves you. He loves you. God gives us grace out of an infinite love. And he created us to be in relationship with him and with each other. So when we're truly thankful for God's grace in our own lives, it helps us be a little slow to get angry or get offended, slow to speak, a little quicker to listen, and pushed back anger and offense in our relationships. I want to give you a very simple definition of grace, because sometimes people, they get that word a little mixed up with mercy. So this is what grace means in a nutshell. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for our sin. These two verses, they sum up beautifully God's grace and mercy. We deserve death as a penalty for sin. There has to be a price paid for sin. That's just the way. That's the law. That's the law of God, whether you choose to believe it or not. It's like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity, but you're sitting in that chair because of gravity. God's laws are yea and amen. There's no denying them. And the law required a penalty of death for sin. But God, in his grace, he gave us Jesus Christ. And in his mercy... He's in his mercy, he sent Jesus to pay the price that we owed for our sin. So this is mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. We don't deserve a savior, but God still gave us one in Jesus. Being thankful for God's grace on your own life helps you extend grace and mercy to others a little bit easier. Even when somebody pops off at you and you want to go right back at them, show them grace. Take a step back. Give them some grace. They may very well deserve to be put in their place, but don't do it. When you hold your tongue, that's grace. You're showing them grace. Even when you think you're right, ask yourself this. This is going to be a challenge for some of us. When you think you're right, stop and ask yourself this. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to make a difference in someone else's life? Ask yourself that. 
even when you think you're right and you're having intense fellowship with someone, ask yourself, do you want to be right or do you want to make a difference in someone else's life? You know, it's really easy to be like everybody else. That's easy. Just follow. Just keep doing. Do what they're doing. Mimic them. Whatever. That's easy, right? But as believers, we are called to lead others to Jesus. That's our calling, to connect people to Jesus. And we can't do that if we're so stuck on trying to be right that we lose sight of the bigger picture. The Bible says that it's the kindness, it's the kindness of Jesus that draws us to repentance. Not anger, not judgment, not wrath. It's the kindness of Jesus. We have to let go of our right to be right. Axel, if you'll come. We have to let go of our right to be right so that we can show love, mercy, and grace to other people. It's the same love, mercy, and grace that God gives us every day. Anger and offense, they don't have to be roadblocks to a relationship. All you got to do is lower your expectations of people. We're all sinners, y'all. We all mess up. People are going to let you down. Just settle that one right now. People are going to let you down. Lower your expectations. And be thankful for God's grace in your life. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are only saved by God's grace. We are only saved from death and eternity in hell because of the grace of God. We didn't do anything to earn that. It was a gift from God. And when you remember that, it's a little bit easier to show grace to other people. Show them some grace. Let them off the hook. Is it really worth it to hold on to that? Let them off the hook. And, you know, I, I want to I acknowledge some things right here because I know this, this sounds real good, right? I'll let them off the hook. And you may be sitting there thinking, but you don't know what they did. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they said to me, what they did to my family. I understand that. I understand that feeling. I get that. But you know what? Here's the thing about God's grace. He gives us the ability to do things sometimes that we didn't think we could do. So if you've been deeply hurt in some relationships, for some of you, maybe it's just too painful to try to salvage the relationship or to try to maintain a relationship with them. That's okay. That's okay. Sometimes we got to love people at a distance. I get that. There are people in my life, I bless you in Jesus' name over there. It's okay. That's all right. No matter how deep the hurt was or the betrayal, whatever it was, you can still love them from a safe distance under the protection and grace and love of God. Just don't hold on to whatever happened. You got to let that go. Romans 12, 18 says... If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And you know, there's some people, they just don't want to be at peace with anyone. They just don't want to be at peace with anyone. And sometimes you can't do anything to change that. So you just need to love them at a distance, and that's okay. Even if it's your mother, your father, your sister, your grown child, your grown child, I know what that looks like. You got to love them at a distance. You don't stay mad. Anger just gets to you. It eats you up inside. You don't stay offended. Just love them at a distance. It's okay. But for the most part, 
most of our relationships, we can lower our expectations of people, and we can show them grace from a thankful heart. Again, when you think about the grace of God on your own life, you got a lot to be thankful for. We really do. got a lot to be thankful for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again just for your word. And I pray, Father, that that word just, just came out today the way you wanted it to and that it changes us. Lord, will you do a work in our hearts? And God, start with me. Start with me, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me when I'm easily angered and, and lead me on a path of healing for the things that have happened. Show us all compassion and love so that we can give that compassion, love, and grace to others. Lord, help us not be easily offended or angry. And God, help us learn to communicate, not just to make our point, but to really understand others. Lord, give us the ability and help us do it. Help us seek to understand instead of just being right all the time. Lord, transform us into who you created us to be and help us walk out the life that you've laid before us, Lord. Help us be useful in your hands. Help us be faithful. Lead us to love others. And take us as broken, flawed vessels and use them for your glory, Lord. Let the pieces of our lives that don't necessarily fit right anymore because they're broken, Lord, use them how you will. You put the pieces back together. You're the potter. We're just the clay in your hands, Lord. So I ask you, Father, to mold us and shape us into who you want us to be so that we can push away anger and offense and love people the way you do, God. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, and we thank you that you change people from the inside out, starting with us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just stay in this, um, just in this posture of prayers. Keep our eyes closed just a little bit longer, if you will. And I want you to think about, think about the grace of God on your life. Just, just take a moment, close your eyes, and just think about all the good things that God has given you. That's his grace. That's his love. That's his mercy. You know, I, I think some of you guys have been really hard on yourself. Maybe, maybe you think that you've said some things or done some things that God's not going to forgive you for. Or maybe you can't forgive yourself. Just let God's grace flow down over you. Maybe, maybe deep inside, you know, you might be carrying around some, some guilt or some shame over something that's happened or something that was said. You can lay that at the feet of Jesus right now. He's here. He's listening. He's a very present help in your time of need. So if you need to release some people, you need to release some burdens you've been carrying, if you need to forgive yourself, lay that at his feet. We're all guilty of sin. There's nobody in here that's not guilty of sin. And none of us deserve God's grace. But his grace covers everything. There's nothing you've ever said or done that the blood of Jesus cannot redeem. We're all guilty. We've all sinned. We're not worthy of grace, but God, but God, he gave us a gift, a beautiful gift of Jesus Christ. And all the good deeds that we've tried to do over our lives, they don't erase shame. They don't erase guilt. They don't erase the pain, but Jesus does. His blood covers it. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or maybe you want to renew your relationship with him, you have an opportunity right now. All you have to do is just repeat a simple prayer after me. 
I mean, believers, if you would repeat it as well, just to show support for those who, who might be making a decision for Christ today. If you are ready to surrender your life to Jesus, <clears throat> to give him all your pain, your anger, your offense, your shame, whatever you're holding on to, if you're ready to just drop that at the feet of Jesus, just pray this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.